This podcast features discussions about finances and money, which are general in nature. For personal advice specific to your circumstances, see a licensed financial planner or relevant qualified professional. Hi, folks. Welcome along to another episode of Looking Under the Hood, where we are unpacking the money stuff. I'm Scott Malcolm, and today we're talking about a pretty awesome topic. Now, for those of you who listen a lot, I don't actually have kids myself, but when it comes to talking to little humans and the the kids in our life about the money stuff, it's often a topic that many of the parents that I work with struggle with. They want to make sure that they're setting a good foundation for people, but it it comes to a complicated subject like money, it actually becomes a, a really hard thing to wrangle. Today I'm joined by Will Rainey, who is from Blue Tree Savings. Really here to talk about how as parents or how as people in uh, in lives of young humans, how do we talk about the money stuff? So welcome along, Will. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Great. Good afternoon. Will, we've been asking all our guests that come along to think about a uh, happy early money memory or something joyous from your uh, one of your early uh, money memories. What's one of those for you? So I remember when I was probably about 14 and I borrowed some money from my parents to buy something I was saving up for. I needed just like, it was five pounds. Then about a week later, my dad, he said to me, oh, can I have that money back now that you borrowed? And I was like doing the whole thing of, oh, you don't need it. You've got loads of money yourself. Why do you need this five pounds? And then he said to me, okay, you don't have to pay it back if you don't want to. But even though he didn't say it, just the way that he said it and his kind of mannerism told me if I don't pay him back, he's never going to lend me any money ever again. And it was just such a powerful way in which he did it. And it just stuck with me. So I gave him money, the money back straight away. And from then onwards, he never had to ask again. And I think that's just something now that's kind of stuck with me for making sure I always pay back any debts over time. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks for sharing that story, Will. That That's great. Before we start and go further, it'd be great for us to understand a little bit more about what Blue Tree Savings does. The aim of Blue Tree Savings is to help and empower parents to start talking about money to their kids. There's just not a lot of resources out there. Most parents probably want to talk to their kids about money, but don't know about money themselves, or they just don't know how to talk to kids about money without kind of feeling that they're going to stress their kids out. So I've been writing kind of blogs now for two years, trying to break down pretty much all money topics into the kind of simplest form using analogies and and stories that both help the parents go, okay, this isn't as complicated as I probably perceived because I only see charts and jargon, but also be able to take those lessons and teach their kids more that kids can learn when they're young about money that just sticks with them into their adult lives and can make a massive difference in my opinion. What are some of the things that you've discovered along the way that make powerful conversations that people can start having with little humans or the kids in their life? Yeah that's a great question and why I call myself Blue Tree Savings is the way I talk to my kids and I I encourage parents to talk to their kids is to get kids to think of money like a seed. Kids will understand that you can plant a seed. Okay what does that mean in terms of money? And then that's all about saving. And if you leave that seed growing and you do save every now and then, that will grow into a tree. And then over time, what you want them to do is try to visualize this kind of financial forest kind of growing over time. And I just find this is an easy way for kids to kind of engage. You can start having this language about seeds and trees, which is much more interesting than dollars and spending and boring stuff. And it's fun for parents to talk about it. My daughters always say to me, 
oh, Daddy, how many blue trees do I have? Daddy, can I put some of my pocket money towards my trees, etc.? And they just it's just a nice language to talk to my kids and, and other parents talk to their kids about money. That's amazing. And we often don't give pro-kids enough credit as well around some of the stuff that they pick up along the way. And I mean, I recently had a conversation with my nephew who's seven about investing. So we just started a bit of a chat and it was probably one of the conversations I wish someone had had with me when I was about his age to sort of get rid of some of the fear or the unknown about the investment world. But the minute I sat down with him and basically said, oh, let's look around your bedroom or look around your house and find a few of the products that you use after we'd sort of explained where you can sometimes buy companies on the share market that are actually products that we use day to day. He came up with this amazing list of companies and things that he wanted to put into a portfolio, so to speak. It's sometimes some of those those elements I think that we miss as well. Yeah, no, 100%. So one of my blogs is I do a series which is like how to teach your kids about certain subjects. And I did one which is how to teach your kids about the stock market. And it's doing exactly what you just did there. So I went for a story I had with my daughters. We were in Hong Kong at the time and we we're in McDonald's. And I said, because we invest for our kids and we do an investment fund, so we've got thousands of companies which are in there. And we were sitting in McDonald's. I'm like, do you know that you own a piece of this McDonald's? Just straight away, they're like, change in reaction. They're really enthusiastic. It's like, what? Well, we own this tray, we own this table, we own this burger. I'm like, yeah. And every month you own a little bit more. And it's not just this one, it's all around the world. And then we walked around the shopping center, shopping mall, and we saw the Apple store and saw people buying their iPads and we're like, yep, you own some of those. So all those people buying that, some of that money's yours as well. And it just changed their whole way of thinking about what money's for. It's not just for buying, it's for, oh, I can own this. You could just see the sort of how empowered they felt. And that blog, it's just like lots of parents have then said, that's been really helpful. I never knew about the stock market. It's a very easy way of seeing it. And then we went through risks and diversification using Lego bricks. I think parents are finding it nice for them to learn about this horrible subject that seems so scary to so many people broken down into McDonald's and Lego. <laughs> yeah, we will put links to some of your resources uh, in the show notes as well, because there's so many amazing things out there. And my nephew was really disappointed uh, at the end that he couldn't buy um, the Kookaburra Cricket Bat Company, but um, we went and researched that. And apparently I'm like, look, sorry, buddy, it's actually a private company. So we can't buy any of that, unfortunately, but it was such a rich experience. And I, I again, I just think we often don't give kids uh, uh, that space to have those conversations and chats and are there any mistakes or any things that you see people might do sometimes when they're trying to talk to kids about the the money stuff or elements that you think oh these might trip parents up when they start to talk or try and have that conversation with their kids around money yeah so i think the key bit is just most parents just probably don't realize how much their kids are kind of picking up without them realizing even not talking about money is a big kind of faux pas because kids will see that in the light of okay People don't talk about money, therefore money must be a bad thing. A bit like you don't swear. <laughs> and therefore kids will pick up on that swearing is bad, even if they're not directly told. But also if you sort of say, oh, we can't afford this or money doesn't grow on trees, even not to them, even just out and about to their siblings or partners, kids are going to pick up on that. So I think that's one bit. And the other piece is that we just all naturally talk about spending because spending is fun. So when kids get some pocket money, tooth fairy money, birthday money, the first thing all adults kind of say is, oh, what are you going to go and spend that on? And so in their minds, all they kind of pick up on is this money spending, money spending, money spending, and that just ingrains into their head. And then at some point later in life, you've got to try and unwind all that <laughs> from them and say, well, it's not just for spending, it's got this other thing. But their brains are like, no, money spending, money spending. <laughs> um, and it becomes harder. So the more we're kind of aware of that and parents are aware of that and just say, okay, right, I can teach my kids to save a little bit 
that can have a huge impact. And I'd hope in the future, more and more parents encourage their kids to save just a little bit and have that sort of savings conversation from as young as pretty much four years old, I'd say. But by the age of seven, you've probably got most of your adult money behaviours sort of not fully set, but from seven onwards, you've got to then go through a process of probably unwinding (laughs) some bad habits that they might have picked up if sort of not nurtured or guided from that young age, which kind of blew my mind when I first heard about this kind of research. Yeah, talking about some of those tough topics with kids and being able to do that. And if we haven't had formal education ourselves about it, it does make it a harder conversation. And it's fascinating because I even look within my family unit, I guess my, my brother and I are only 13 months apart and so you'd imagine that sort of two siblings that are born very close together would have picked up similar habits and behaviors because our parents were in a similar financial situation as we were growing up but we have worlds apart when it comes to the money stuff and so it's really fascinating that I guess you can instill some of this behavior and practice as well but there's also probably the the human being element uh, as well in the mix. Yeah no, that's a really good point because one of the key bits about being good with money and, and habits etc is about patience and my kind of view is that patience is like the superpower of the wealthy (laughs) and some people just naturally have a patient so you'll you'll hear about these two siblings one can wait and eat a chocolate bar a bit today and a bit tomorrow whereas the other one just as soon as it's in their hands it's gone the key piece is that even though you might have these natural tendencies you can train kids to be patient so it might be you have two siblings you have to do more training than the other (laughs) But the key bit is you can teach kids to be patient by trying to give them rewards for when they are patient. And I think that's something that we need parents can do more proactively instead of just saying, oh, they're just naturally this or that. They say, well, that might be the case for the ones that need a bit more guidance or, or help or training to be patient, then give it to them because they can ultimately become patient. And if they are patient, that's when uh, the good things will come to them in later in life where you're super rewarded for being patient, especially in saving and investing definitely that's a that's a great uh, great insight there will as well but what are some of the things that people could uh, either practices or things that they could start to try and bring into their chats with their kids today or um, with the young people in their life one of the bits I really strongly recommend if you can afford to do so is to give your kids a uh, pocket money or allowance just a weekly a little bit of money for them to help them start making money decisions I've got a nice little blog which kind of goes through a kind of nice framework for how much pocket money parents should consider for their particular household but pocket money just allows kids to save up for something that they want and again starting to be patient not just saying I want it now gets them to think about how much things cost start getting the value of pieces but also allows them to start planting their seeds and thinking about the long-term future And it just gives an opportunity each week for the kids to ask questions to the parents and start making money, trying to take away the taboo subject away from the family. So I I really strongly recommend that all parents, if they're not already doing so, to really try and utilise pocket money to help kids form these great habits from from whatever age. I know seven, we sort of said, but it's definitely not too late after seven. They can start learning it. Just say it might, they might just have some habits already ingrained that you have to kind of unwind. But the sooner you can start talking to them and, and getting them to be patient and save up, the better. And the good thing about these little bits of habits is it doesn't matter how much the parents do know, how much money the parents have, how good the parents are with money. All parents are empowered to help their kids save a little bit of money and that's a big game changer. And I think a lot of parents fear, oh, money's very, very complicated. You've got to do this, that and the other. But actually, just that one little bit of, of saving a little bit of money every week is just what they do when they get to adults. I don't go into debt because I've always had savings because 
that's just what I've done since I was a young child. And I've also heard, I don't know your view on this as well, Will, but thinking about also how we can give money, so whether that's donation or charity as well, so sort of giving kids those sort of three things and go, right, well, you're earning money, here's some, some pocket money, and whether there's chores attached to that, you can consume it, you can save it or, or invest it, or you can actually give it to someone else if there's a, a charity or a cause that you believe in. And have you got any tips or thoughts on uh, on approaches there? Yeah, no, so I, I've 100% on the giving side i think it's just so so powerful both not just in terms of clearly it's doing something good for the purpose people or charity that you're giving that money to but it's also good for us both children and adults to do it because you get a a good sense of pride and you get your body gives you oxytocins and stuff like that but also once you start doing that you start moving yourself away from the joneses a little bit and i think that's one of the biggest powerful sort of messages from giving and charity is that you say well i might not have as big a house but i feel good about myself because i'm doing this giving piece and therefore I shouldn't compare myself to other people because I don't know how much they're giving. And as soon as you can kind of detach yourself from the Joneses, as in their friends, etc., about what they have and just feel good about giving, you can check then <laughs> actually makes you richer and more wealthy over time because you're detaching yourself from one of the biggest drains of our money, which is keeping up with the Joneses. So I think that's fantastic. So with my daughters, we uh, encourage them to give a little bit, both in terms of time and money. And it varies. Sometimes they, they'll give their time, sometimes they'll give some money, but we always really encourage it. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And I think they're really rich conversations and often talk to people about those elements. There's, there's financial freedom that a lot of people run towards and say, yes, I want to be financially free and look at it in the context of I've got enough asset to support my life, but are you actually free around money? And I guess that's probably a bigger question to sit with and and ponder and go, well, right, do I let money dictate how I react and respond to things? Am I actually at at ease and at peace with the money and, and how it flows in and out of my life? So look, we, we do try and keep these episodes as uh, I guess short and sweet and we could be talking about this stuff all day because it's such a, a great topic and I know you've got a, a couple of great blogs there and you've released a book as well, I, I believe. Is that available yet? Not yet. So it's, it's very, very close. I'm hoping to have it all available in October. Uh, so yeah, it's a book called Grandpa's Fortune Fables aimed at seven to 13 year olds to read on their own, but all parents can read to their younger kids. But I'm also hoping parents are going to read it themselves because it's just a, a series, sort of 14 different chapters, all covering different money topics, but all in story form with some like, child sort of explaining what it means in terms of money. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. So that's all on my website if people want to find out more about that book and keep up to date with the progress. Fantastic. No, that is very exciting, Will. And, and um, any last insights or um, last elements that you want to put out there in wrapping things up? I suppose, yeah, just to repeat some of the bits that all parents can make a big difference to their kids' financial future. Use the seed analogy to talk about it. And then if you can, give some pocket money and, and get those kids starting to save a little bit of money. Again, it only needs to be a little bit. And just don't spend it all is the key message but if there's any topics that you want to talk to your kids about head to the website and there'll be a blog on it to help you fantastic will that's great just start to sit with that and and get those conversations going with the young people in your life and start early definitely Thanks, Will, and thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please jump on and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and we look forward to seeing you or speaking with you next time. 